everyone, we are back, obviously with your favourite golf-related podcast. Yes, you're listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Botham-Lee-Dakin, the show where we chat to golfers from the LET Access series, present and past about life on the tour, latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. Wow, so we are here on the brink of the final three rounds of the year, the last tournament, Santander Golf Tour Zaragoza, and we are back where we started in a should-be-more-sunny Spain. Before we delve into this week, here's the action from last, the Calatayud Ladies Open. Just 77 kilometres down the road from this week's venue, the beautiful Real Club de Golf La Panza. It was history repeating itself last week at Calatayud as it went to a playoff and an English woman won. It was a brutal final day at Gambito Golf Calatayud as 46 players battled the elements to score as low as possible in the high winds. Screen, the 24-year-old from London, England, after rounds of 69, 69 and 73, found herself in a playoff with Germany's Verena Gimme, and they both headed back down the par 3-9 and made par on the first playoff hole. Gimme's second tee shot found the bunker, while Screen's landed on the fringe. After Gimme's bunker shot flew over the pin, Screen rolled a steady putt down to the hole and putted a second time for par and clinched her first professional victory. It really was a true Cinderella story as the rookie had no status at the start of the year, um, by status we mean category on the tour and now is in the top six and has a chance of clinching an LET card for 2024 if everything goes her way this week. Our players have one more week to showcase their talent and to make a last minute shake-up of the Letas order of merit. There is a lot at stake this week. One missed cut could crumble a player's dream of securing a top six spot for the LET or making the final stages of Q School. So let's take a look at the 2023 Letas Order of Merit rankings. While Sophie Kipsgaard-Nielsen still definitely leads the way, she's obviously got her card a couple of weeks ago in Italy with 2,338.58 points. Chiara Tembellini has jumped to second with 1,589.35 and Emily Price is very... Um, close behind in third 1559.15 Elena Moosman is in fourth place and close behind in fifth is Gemma Clues after clinching victory last week Hannah Screen moves into the sixth position on 1233.32 points five of the top six are playing this week as Price flew home back to England Due to a back injury, she's impressively coped with since the middle of the season at the Czech Ladies Open. Um, but the English women and the others in the top three have done enough to secure their cards um, and they will finish in the, within the top six. So it's now down to those last three spots. And with Slovenia's Katia Podjica only four points behind screen and Bastaras winner Denmark's Ling Thompson not far behind her, there could be a last minute change. Players further down the order of merit will also be looking to jump into those top 21 spots and fast-track to the final stage of Q-School. Before the golf gets underway for a final time this season, let's chat to England's Hannah Screen about her professional golf journey, a journey that just over a year ago she wasn't sure she wanted.
Let Us Golf podcast. First things first, final week, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good coming off the back of my win last week. Really excited to get going. It's exciting to have you here and we're actually doing it in person for the first time, which is exciting for me, not having to speak to people over Zoom. We've got to start with that win last week. I'm sure you went through all the emotions in three days. Winning in the playoff against Faruna Gimme, how did it feel? It felt really good. I, I thought my game was great all week um, and the last day was really tough conditions. So I just needed to cling on and if I could get a couple ahead and make the win, that was good. But to get into a playoff, I just tried to keep calm when I got there and obviously so happy to get across the line, especially against Farina. She's got quite a lot of experience and I'm just in my rookie year, so it was great. Obviously, on the 18th, it came down to whether Verena could get out of that bunker successfully and you were on the fringe. When you saw Verena's uh, bunker shot go up and over, I mean, hard wet sand, it's pretty difficult. Um, Did you think this is mine? I think I was just so focused on my chip. I really didn't think anything because the previous playoff hole, she had hold a really big 12-foot part and I just thought, you know what, anything can happen under these circumstances, so I didn't want to get ahead of myself. I just focused on my chip and luckily I hit a good one quite close and put the pressure on. You spoke to me before the tournament um, in the rounds and said, I said, order of merit, you're doing well if a win could get you up there. And you thought, oh, I don't know, I've got a couple of tournaments, but now you can see you're in the uh, sixth spot by a very small margin. How are you feeling about that this week going into final event and being in that top six? Obviously, it's really exciting as you are so close to to that um, incredible goal, but... As I kind of mentioned last week, I just really need to not get ahead of myself. Anything can happen. Anyone can come from behind. And I just want to play some good golf this week. I'm really proud of myself how I've played throughout the year. And if I make it inside the top six, great. But if I don't, I'm sure I'll be straight through to final qualifying, which is a bonus as well. Let's speak about the season as a whole. You've come into this back end um, really successfully. Um, How would you describe the season in your own words you can look at the numbers but um taught me from start to almost finish how has it been for you I guess at the beginning of the year I had absolutely no status um I was really just working from nothing and I was really annoying to the letters and to all the sponsors and kept bugging them for invites and eventually I got one in Switzerland and I really just tried to go into everything with no expectations it's a learning year for me um being in my rookie year and And I just wanted to enjoy it and gain that professional experience under my belt. But I think as the weeks have gone on, I've got more and more confident. um, And I've just got used to being on tour, the pro life and all that stuff that goes with it. Um, So I think I've gradually built on that. And then even in the weeks where I haven't been hitting it my best, I've just really tried to stay really steady and just play really smart golf. um, Not, you know, blow up too much. It really is a Cinderella story, isn't it? Um, I think you and Kiara in the top six are the ones that kind of started with no status and then to see where you are now, is, it's just really amazing. actually listened to an England golf podcast you did last, this time last year and you emphatically said that you weren't going to turn professional. Um, so I'm really curious to see why you came on Lattas this year, what changed in your mind 
It's a funny story and I only think only a few people know this. I was working at my golf club last summer um, just behind the bar and I'd come back from America adamant I wasn't going to turn pro. I just wanted to enjoy golf and I think coming out of college everyone feels quite burnt out. It's a very intense four, four years out there and and I was just really interested in going into into working but I was standing behind the bar and every day someone would come up to me knowing me from a junior saying you know what the hell are you doing behind the bar why aren't you playing and then I just started playing a couple tournaments for fun I ended up winning quite a big national tournament and then playing for England again and I just thought oh god I actually miss competitive golf so I just thought it was it was weird it almost over the space of two weeks I had quite a few members who had known me for years I don't know whether they secretly planned it to try and convince me to, you know, get back into playing, but they all just really had a stern talking to me. And I just thought, well, I might as well give it a go because it's really hard when you first come out of university to get a job. And I honestly was having doors closed in my face every week. Uh, the interview process is really tough. So I just thought, well, I've had some success with golf. I feel a bit more relaxed and I'm enjoying it. So let's just give it a go. And then I built on that. Were you daunted do you think you were scared off by the world of professional golf is my question because coming in from college it is a different experience um it's tough financially do you think that was a big factor in stopping you from pursuing professional golf dreams definitely I think you've definitely hit the nail on the head there it's such a daunting prospect and I think people don't don't realize that time and the investment that financially that you need to take on this pro career um, you can't just kind of decide one day there's all these rules regulations and and the women's game is getting so much more competitive um, the standard of golf is just growing I feel like by the week by the month so it's definitely daunting and I think I just needed those few months off after college just playing fun enjoyable golf throughout the summer you know, making new friends, playing with old friends and my family just to really get back to your roots of I actually love this game and kind of actually I'm good at it when when you're enjoying it. Not to say that I didn't enjoy it in college. I did love it, but it's just such an intense time doing your degree alongside um, alongside playing at that level. So yeah, I would say it definitely is daunting and it did scare me off a bit, but I think the support of my family around me saying like, you know, we can give it a go. We're going to be here for you and it's not the end of the world. If it doesn't work out, I'm still only 23. So I, I have plenty of time if it doesn't work out. about getting back to your roots there so that's exactly what we're going to do right now is um how did you get into golf um was it from a pretty young age yes it was from a very young age um it was thanks to my dad shout out nick screen um he took me to a driving range and our driving range had this big machine and apparently I was just obsessed with the buttons on the machine. I was five years old and I kept going back because I get to like dispense the balls out and that was what fascinated me and my dad bought me, what was it, a little pitching wedge and I would just hit alongside him and then I was really lucky. 
close by to my house was a junior par three club and they almost had I think a hundred juniors on a nine hole course and there was matches every weekend you had an hour and a half coaching and then an hour and a half playing every Saturday morning and I made so many friends still to this day I actually work with one of the girls in my part-time job who I met there one of my best friends Megan Dennis still plays golf that's where I met her and it was such a fun environment and then honestly just built from there got into county golf England regional and then eventually national stuff um, which was so cool to just progress through and experience all those different like training sessions and meet all these people it was so fun. Was it always golf for you or was there any points as a junior where you wanted to do something else? Yeah I think if anyone knows me then I'm pretty easily distracted. Um, I loved all sports growing up, I loved I mean, I did love school in some respects. I mean, who absolutely loved school, really? But I did really enjoy some of my subjects. And I actually, whilst I was in the process of being recruited to America, I actually applied to English universities as well, just in case I didn't like America and I came back. So I think at some point I got to the stage where I had to give up my other sports. I was playing netball, hockey, athletics. I even did basketball for a while. Um, and I, I had to stop that um, to pursue golf. But... I think my parents kept reminding me, like, you know, you've got a great opportunity, however far you want to take it, um, in terms of getting a degree um, in America and getting a scholarship over there. And they've just been so great the whole time. They've always reminded me that, you know, golf is great and we're going to, of course, go for it. But your education is also really important. So I've I've been lucky I've had that balance. I'm guessing in your family, uh, you're one of the first to go to like US college right uh, first in professional golf um back home in your family what do they think of your professional career now it's funny I was telling one of my friends the other day so I have a younger brother Jeffrey he's only 11 and he's just started secondary school and all of his friends are really into football and he's actually he plays for Brentford himself in the little academy and when they, when him and his friends think of professional sports person, they just think of professional footballers. So it's actually really funny because they just think me being a professional athlete for my job is like the best thing since sliced bread. They think it's so cool. And I, I spoke to them at the weekend and my dad said that, my brother said, I can't believe my sister won a professional sports event. Like he's just, he's so much fun and he's great. And to have his support all the time is great. Um... Yeah, they do think, they're obviously very proud of me, but it's, as I said earlier, it's a two-way thing. They supported me throughout America. I mean, it's not easy. Everyone goes through big bumps. I had a massive bump. At one point, I transferred, and they they just completely surrounded me and, and helped me through that. Um, and, yeah, I couldn't have done it without them, really. So, yeah, college, you've already hinted there, like, a little bump in the road. You transferred from what school to which? I, so I transferred from University of Houston to University of Oklahoma Um, many different reasons it's just I think all the international girls can agree it's really hard to find the right fit for you you are so far away and you have people you don't know trying to impress you and and talk to you all the time Um, it's a massive thing to go through the recruiting process so I moved just before Covid actually moved up to Oklahoma and and yeah, really enjoyed it. I did have some good times at Houston, but I absolutely loved my time at Oklahoma, little college town. And I just remember looking back on it now, I just remember like feeling like I was constantly laughing with the team, which was so important to me, made me feel like 
real like family over there and I still talk to all of them now so um yeah I had a great time I was very lucky um you grew up in Berkhamsted and I pronounced that right I know it's in, in the UK but sometimes things are pronounced weird in the UK um what was it like growing up in Berkhamsted it was good I went to a school in the town over uh, quite a big catholic school there and PE teachers again really supportive we're a very sporty school um and even in the school's event, I think we had th- only three or four golfers in our whole school that, that played. But we just so happened to all be single-figure handicapped. So we actually ended up doing quite well at the school's events. Um, yeah, it was great there. And then so my mum lives uh, up near there and then my dad lived down in West London. So, I mean, it was great. I just kind of got best of both worlds um, growing up. But obviously did a lot of travel as well. Um, and my dad mainly took me. To all the tournaments and and we had some good times traveling with other people as well so you told me after the second round when you were leading going to third round that that afternoon you were off to work again for your second job um in digital marketing tell us a bit about that and why you took a second job i mean as i mentioned earlier it is a big financial investment to be on be out on tour as a professional and especially in these mini tours um, definitely the women's game is growing and there's more money in it but I do feel like I've needed a second income this year and on the other hand I'm actually really just interested in in writing and and learning stuff within the golf industry I worked in a pro shop previously this year at my golf club and then um, just moved to uh, it's called GMS they if they're listening shout out GMS um, they're a great company they do it's golf marketing services it stands for and yeah I just do lots of bits and bobs for them PR and social media stuff a bit of writing um and it's great because I have that second income and I have that experience now in the workforce working for a, a proper company um and also it keeps me really distracted while I'm traveling it keeps me busy I'm not just you know on my phone or, or getting a bit bored or stiff I'm I'm doing stuff and and I think I've just always, like I said earlier, I think it comes from my parents encouraging me. I've always wanted to have like a bit of a, how would I explain it, more of a well-rounded kind of life. I always want to be learning and I always want to be doing something. I don't just want to put all my eggs in one basket, which is very cliche. Um, and, and this job allows me to do that. They've been so supportive and so great and really flexible. I know it's not easy for a company like that to to say oh yeah we we trust you every week to go and do this when you tell us you know you're working this afternoon and this evening and here there and everywhere but um yeah I'm just really grateful to them uh, that they've given me that opportunity to work. Our tour director Anna always says that every athlete on this tour needs a distraction do you think on that after the second round going back to work do you think that helps you in final day not think about what you had to do um on the final day to win? I think it did help um, a little bit, more than probably, more than I know, probably. Um, just having that little bit of distraction, I was able to get a bit of work done and then shut my laptop down. Um, my boss did call me and he had something for me and he just went, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to tell you until Monday, just so that you can like go and do the small bits, get them done this afternoon, but I'm not going to give you a big new thing to do this afternoon before you're around tomorrow so it's great they all play golf and they get it so much and they were all just they were sending me the funniest messages in the morning one of them said Hannah can you 
um can you strap your phone to your bag and do a live stream so we can all watch it on the way around like they're just great they keep it really light-hearted We obviously had the players' party after you won, which was a nice way to celebrate, I'm sure. Um, Did you enjoy it? I did. I think everyone there enjoyed it. We had some Scottish dancing from Hannah McCook and Tara Mataga. That was was very spontaneous, actually. That was great. Everyone was learning how to Scottish dance. It was so much fun. I think everyone... It was just such a nice way to celebrate afterwards and, and be around... Uh, some of my friends here I mean these girls that I travel with every week they're some of my best friends and it's nice you you get a little friendship group going and and it makes it more comfortable now towards the end of the season when you're traveling and it is a bit intense me and (laughs) I hope you don't mind me saying this me and Leanna Bailey have been tearing our way through Princess Diaries films this week so I don't know we're gonna have to find another film to watch tonight but it's great just to have those friends there to enjoy and celebrate with. I think one of the nicest things was when Liana won, you were there throwing water on her. And when you won, Liana was there throwing water on you. So it really shows that bond. What's been the best moment off the course for you this year on Let Us? That's really tough because I just feel like we're constantly laughing and constantly giggling. Honestly, this past weekend was great. A group of us went to Barcelona and we experienced that, saw the sights, sat on the beach and... That was so nice to just get away from it all and it was like a mini holiday. I would say that's been one of the best, but no, we've had many, many laughs, um, just silly things. Watching lots of series together. Um, I can remember Emily Toy doing headstands in our living room at one point at one tournament in Sweden. So yeah, as I say, there's too many to mention. We're just always laughing. I love that. And I think a lot of the groups on tour are always laughing. As a rookie... What have you been surprised about, about life on tour? It's all the little bits that go in between that make it hard. Your golf ability, your golf ability will show up. If you've made it this far, you are, you are good enough to be here. You can hit the ball well and, and if it's your week, it's your week. And if it's not, it will probably come back the week after. But it's all the little things. It's the delayed flights or the the little transfer pieces or I mean even I'll give an example last week we arrived on the Sunday to find out that all the supermarkets were shut and we had to go and get dinner from from like a garage basically um it's all of those little things that they really just start to weigh you down I think and you I mean another one maybe showing up one week to your Airbnb and the bed's really uncomfortable the there's no hot water I remember one week me and Leanna didn't have hot water and we were so lucky that the golf club had showers so yeah I would say it's all the little things in between that um that's been the toughest part for me as a rookie uh, doing them by yourself in college you have this whole team around you and they organize it all for you and pay for it all but now you're your own boss you're doing it yourself and you have to get it right because those things matter Certainly, I think uh, people watch like Netflix's Full Swing, for instance, they see them on their private jets. Your your professional golf is quite different, but 
what has lived up to the expectations then? The opposite way to that question. I think the feeling of reward when you really just either play well, obviously playing well and say for me last week winning was incredible but there's been points where I've been out on the course going oh god like I'm gonna miss the cut I'm really just not hitting it my best and just really it's been so rewarding to grind it out and get across the line and especially at the beginning of, beginning of the season for me I basically had three tournaments to get it right and make it inside a certain number so I was re-ranked well and I was so so happy that I managed to as I say really grind out the last few rounds and get get re-ranked quite well um because of good performances that's yeah that's been the best bit for me it's been the most rewarding you missed that behind you but the floor is so squeaky in this tournament office Elia Falk was just trying to go as slow as possible on a tiptoe walk past that was funny um so I'm sorry if I got a bit distracted and didn't quite listen to what you were saying there um but let's let's now talk about this week final week one last chance how nervous are you or is it excitement that you're feeling most I actually feel quite calm right now I think I'm trying to trying to view this week as as an opportunity not a threat it's all so close and as I said earlier anything can happen and there's a bunch of great golfers out here and if I'm able to make it across the line absolute bonus I mean absolute bonus I was looking at accommodation in Morocco with my dad the other day I'm I was convinced I was just going to be there for final stage which is all I ever wanted all year um I'm really not feeling the nerves right now I'm sure I will at some point but I think I dealt with them really well last week and I'm just going to stick to my same strategy and, and try and enjoy it like this those nerves only mean they only mean that I want to be here and they only I mean, I have to keep remembering, this is what I've wanted. I've wanted to be in that position. Everyone wants to be in that position. So I think, I can't remember who it was, a tennis player. Djokovic maybe said, like, pressure's a privilege. It really is. Just even feeling that this past week and going into this next week has been great. So as I said, whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to be upset either way. That's really beautiful. That pr- Pressure is a privilege. I'm going to remember that one. So we finished this tournament. Uh, have you got plans for November? Have you got some holiday plans? Are you going to take some rest? What's going to happen after this week for you? I have already got a nice dinner planned with my family on Sunday after I fly back. Um, and then I'm heading out to Mallorca next week, which will be nice just for a little break out there. Um, hopefully the weather's nice. Just excited to not touch the clubs for a few days, I think. Get some rest recovery, but... I, I'm also quite excited to get back up on top of my fitness. That's also something I could add. Really hard to do that while you're on the road, um, unless you're staying in hotels every week. So I'm excited to get fit and strong again, maybe get my swing a bit faster again. It's been a bit slow recently. Um, and then, yeah, just enjoy time with family, get some work done and and build up to whatever it may be, Q school or Christmas, because I love Christmas. I love the build-up in England. It's great. So either one of those two will be good. Yeah, I think I'm in Morocco at least, uh, for the first week, so I'm quite excited to be back just in time for Christmas in London. It is the best. For the fairy lights, oh, I'm actually so excited already. <laughs> okay. um, so now I'm going to do what we normally do on this podcast and move to a quick fire round. Um, so I'm going to quick fire some questions to you. Simple, normally, but some people say they're quite hard. But um, 
the first one is the classic your dream four ball but I, I really want someone different because a lot of people listening have said it's always Anika Sorenstam it's always Rory McIlroy it's always Tiger Woods so you have to pick three different people they don't have to be golfers remember they could be anyone in the world I think maybe someone quite funny I don't know someone like Eddie Pepperell or Tyrrell Hatton I just think it would be great to just sit there and observe them um if they hit some bad shots I think that's quite funny dream four ball um probably someone someone like Arnold Palmer I just think that would be incredible to to watch him hit the ball um like he did in his prime I don't think I could ever play with someone like Tiger Woods I would be shaking the whole way around there is no way I could do that let me think I'm gonna say a lady that only the English girls will know I would love to play with Janet Melville who she was our England manager at one point and she is just a bit of a legend. I'll give you the rundown. She won the British Open when she was an amateur and I think she won £100 or something. She has a hole in one and a par four. She was like one of the first women to ever do it and she has a wedge in the St Andrews Museum because she was basically just such a legend when she used to play. Um, I think Janet's yeah in her 60s now and she was our England manager and I think I would really enjoy playing with her. I love that. Okay, um, new question, because uh, we're coming up to the end of the season. What has been your, apart from, well, you probably say your, yeah, last week because of the win, but apart from that, what's been your favourite tournament of the season? Hmm. I would honestly say maybe Ramside. Um, I did quite well there. Even though it was pouring with rain, we had a great house. It was me, Leanna and Talia Kirby. And... Leanne obviously had a great week. We explored Durham a bit and I cooked a full roast on the Sunday in between the tournaments and that was just a nice little wholesome weekend we had. Um, there was lots of golf going on at that point. Um, my favourite golf course this season has obviously been the one I won last week um, but also I really enjoyed Kunzbacher in Sweden. There was all these boulders everywhere the size of houses and I'd never seen a golf course like that and I just thought it was amazing. So interesting. Durham was a good week for me as well uh, and you did two like top tens that week yeah, um week. it was a really good week for you um and you missed just missed out of the win on, on the second one um it's worth mentioning that um what's your favorite snack on the course then favorite snack is chocolate rice cakes they haven't really been very present recently because it's been so hot where we've been playing I do have some this week, so maybe they'll bring me some good luck, I hope. Hot? I was going to say, last week was not hot. You <laughs> definitely had rice cakes last week. Um, but I'm glad to see they're reappearing again. And we will give you that extra boost yeah. past the line. Well, thank you for joining us on this Let's Ask Golf podcast, uh, first live episode. It's all very exciting. <laughs> but we always end the podcast by getting your best advice. Um, this is best advice to anyone really anyone who plays the, the beautiful game what's your advice I think I think I'll do one for juniors and one for just general people juniors I would definitely say take the headphones out while you're practicing I think that's helped me a lot I, st- I started practicing without music in college and there's so many studies you can look into it about about matched um, matched scenarios I guess I mean you don't have headphones in on the course so sitting with your own thoughts while you practice um, is great and 
also I think it's just so cliche but just quality over quantity when it comes to practice this is for everyone you can stand there and hit hundreds of balls for hours and the first 300 could be amazing but your 301st ball could be bad and you're back to square one there's a point if you feel like you've you've worked on something and you figured something out or you're feeling good it's okay to step away from it even if it took you 15 20 minutes go move on to something else I think there's this whole perception of oh yeah you need to you know practice to your hands bleed and all this but I think for your mental game if you keep looking at golf balls you're gonna eventually look up and not like one so if you as I keep saying if you if you find find something and you feel good about it move on to something else it's it's not about how many balls you hit it's about the quality of your practice and what you feel you're getting done in that time period that's really really unique advice but also very good advice I love the point about the headphones um but I always find it very interesting to see what people do listen to in their practice rounds a lot a lot listen to some strange stuff (laughs) um so thank you so much for joining us and have the best week here thank you very much for having me once again tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast and a big thank you for this week's guest the resilient rookie Hannah Screen who has been such a force to be reckoned with the latter end of this season and has shown herself as a shining star and she definitely has good taste in movies Princess Diaries such a good choice it's an amazing tale and it's really what Let Us is about giving players the platform to prove their worth and step up to the biggest page. This week, 108 players will tee it up for one last time this year at an LET Access tournament in Spain. It's the final week and anything can happen. It's going to be very, very exciting. The tournament starts on Thursday the 26th and we will have crowned our tournament winner and our 2024 graduates by Saturday night. So I urge all you listening to follow all the action on the LT Access series on LT Access on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter and LT Access series on Facebook. I enjoyed that chat and if you're listening to me now, you must have done too. So please show your appreciation by clicking that subscribing button or reviewing or rating this podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you find your podcasts to give the series a boost and help others find it. But not only that, raising the profile of our fantastic players. I won't be back next week as let's face it, our golfers deserve a rest this week and maybe me too but I will be back the week after the season may be over but this podcast isn't over yet so see you then